The Gut Pharmacist Podcast with Riley Ramosco, traditional naturopath and holistic nutritionist. Today's episode, we have Julie Davey, who is a nurse practitioner with over 25 years of experience in healthcare. And she is one of my great friends on social media. Julie is a holistic nurse practitioner and started becoming more interested in the holistic side in 2013, where she began educating others on the power of food and natural medicine to heal the body. Today, Julie is a great friend of mine, like I said, and she owns a virtual consulting business, helping clients get to the root cause of their symptoms through innovative clinical testing. She is very passionate about the GI map test, and she even has a mastering GI mapping course teaching other practitioners how to incorporate GI map testing into their practice. Julie is wonderful, and she takes a really holistic approach to healing issues uncovered through proper testing to help restore energy, mental clarity, promote better sleep, skin, immunity, weight loss, and so much more. And she is also the co-host of the podcast, Take the Upgrade, which allows her to share her message with the masses. So please look at her uh, podcast, Take the Upgrade. It is so worth it. It is one of my favorite ones that I listen to frequently. Julie really believes that with the right support and daily habits, you will experience real progress and lasting change. So let's bring her in. Welcome to today's episode. I have a special guest here today who also has her own successful podcast called Take the Upgrade. We have Julie here, a holistic nurse practitioner who focuses on gut health, just like myself. And she's an expert with GI Map and even has her own course. So it's a pleasure to have her. Thank you so much for being here, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm really excited. I, bet. I feel mm-hmm. the same way. I could talk about gut health all day. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I've listened to some of your podcast episodes and I was just really impressed with your one about H. pylori specifically. So I knew immediately that I had to have you on to talk about it because I feel like it needs to be talked about. It's such a common infection and we'll get into the details today. But if you have gut issues going on, I think it's really important to look into H. pylori. So Julie, what is H. pylori and how does it affect the gut? Tell us. Yes, Riley. So interesting. This is um, very personal to me because I did have H. pylori. It was one of the many things I found on the first um, test that I did. And I know we'll talk a little bit about testing, so I'll save that for later. But um, it was one of the pathogens that I had, and it is honestly one of the most common that I see in my practice. Um, But H. pylori is called the most successful pathogen in human history. If you you do a little research on it, which is crazy, right? So um, I am glad that you're bringing more awareness to this because it is so common and it causes so many issues that sometimes people don't really connect the dots that that is at the root of their symptoms. Um, So H. pylori, just a little bit of sort of science, um, it's a gram-negative bacteria, which means that it has two cell walls. So a gram-positive bacteria has one cell wall. And so since this is kind of has this 
pathogen has a double sort of outer layer, it protects the bacteria and makes it harder for antimicrobials, you know, whether that's actually pharmaceuticals or herbs to really um, get rid of the organism. So that's another issue um, with H. pylori because it is, it is pretty stubborn um, to get rid of. So it's estimated that about 75% of the world's population is infected with H. pylori. So if you think about those numbers, wow! I, most people are probably sitting here thinking, oh, well, do I have it? And a good mm -hmm. number of you, yes, you do have it, you know? <laughs> um, so in, in underdeveloped countries, you know, it's typically due to contaminated drinking water, poor living conditions, but you know, for most of us in developed countries, it's from sharing drinks and utensils and, you know, with someone who is infected. And also you can get it from um, vaginal secretions. So even just intercourse, um, you can get H. pylori. So very, very common. Now it, it typically lives sort of in the stomach and the upper gastrointestinal tract. It's actually one of the few bacteria that are able to survive in more of an acidic environment, um, which probably also makes it a little bit more difficult uh, to get rid of. So, you know, for all of those reasons, I typically you know, tell people if I test someone and we find that they have H. pylori, then I recommend their family members be tested. Or sometimes if they don't want to be tested, they'll actually opt to just take um, a natural treatment for it. Because if you treat one person and you know how hard it is to live in a house with somebody and not drink after them, eat after them, right. or maybe you're cooking for them. And I mean, that's just, I don't want to say impossible, but it would be very, very difficult. And so often, you know, you're just kind of swapping it back and forth if everyone's not trying to, you know, get rid of it um, at once, so to speak. So just to answer your, your last question in terms of kind of what does it, how does it affect us? A couple of things that can happen with H. pylori, um, it really can damage the lining of the gut. And about 10% of people who have H. pylori actually develop peptic ulcers. So that is um, an issue or can be an issue with H. pylori. And the other thing, and this is what I see very commonly is that it actually creates an enzyme called urease. And this enzyme causes our stomach acid to be less acidic. So it basically neutralizes our stomach acid. So that causes us issues with digestion, with absorption of nutrients, and it also weakens your stomach lining. So, you know, you get issues like leaky gut. Um, so those are kind of in a nutshell, That that's really, those are the biggest things that it does to our body, which again, causes a host of other issues. Right. And thank you so much. I think you just taught even me a lot that I didn't know. It, it's almost like a gut STD that you can keep passing around a glorified. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. very interesting. So thank you for that little microbiology, little lesson with the gram negative and gram positive. So we know that most people probably have it. Maybe not everyone has the symptoms, but if someone does have symptoms, what are some of those issues to look for? And then what conditions can it contribute to? Yeah, I love that question. So, you know, you think of kind of your classic GI symptoms. I mean, certainly indigestion, um, reflux, gas, bloating, constipation. I see a lot. Um, 
sort of a feeling of food sitting on your stomach and not being digested easily. And again, that's because of the low stomach acid. Um, it also causes nutrient deficiencies often. So you can have some extra gut manifestations, so to speak, of, of nutrient deficiencies. And one thing that H. pylori does that uh, maybe some people don't even realize is it can cause inflammation in the neurological system. So you can get things like anxiety, depression, mood swings is one that I see very commonly with H. pylori. Um, so those are probably the biggest symptoms or the most common symptoms that you would see or experience. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought up the, the mental symptoms because I feel like psychology in general does not look at the gut. And a lot of times it's not just as simple as a chemical imbalance. You have to look at the whole body and especially the gut brain connection. So that's a very important topic that you touched on. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a nurse practitioner, you're more holistic, but you were in sort of that allopathic world. So do you use drugs to treat H. pylori? Do you use natural remedies? What are some of the treatment options? Yeah, so um, I personally in my practice only use natural um, treatment. If you were to, you know, go the, you know, allopathic route, then you would be given three to four pharmaceuticals, um, you know, to treat H. pylori. Uh, it's very, again, it's, it's difficult to get rid of. It's certainly not impossible. Um, you know, I've been successful at it many times in clients, in myself, but then sometimes we do have cases where we lower the numbers but we haven't gotten rid of it altogether. And at that point, I kind of look at symptoms. You know, are you still having symptoms? Because some practitioners believe that, well, you know, most people harbor it. And if, you know, a good or a good portion of people harbor it. And if the numbers are within range and there are no symptoms, then it doesn't need to be treated. So I always treat it if there are symptoms because it causes so many other um, I like to say downstream problems because of where, you know, it lives higher up in the gut and then it just causes so many other issues, um, you know, for, for us. But in terms of treatment, I'll just kind of um, list some of the, or go over some of the natural treatments that could be utilized. Um, so mastic gum is a big one. And, and this is all research-based. I mean, you can look up like on PubMed, you can look at studies that have been done of what um, herbs and essential oils can be used to eradicate certain pathogens. And that's really how um, you mentioned that uh, I have a course, myself and a colleague developed a course. So if you were a practitioner and you wanted to incorporate GI mapping into your practice, we basically teach you how to interpret the test and to create protocols. And so for our protocols, we basically went through all of the literature and put protocols together based on, you know, what the literature showed. So, um, and then of course, you know, testing things out over the years and tweaking and modifying um, that type of thing. But mastic gum is a big one. Um, oregano essential oil, uh, berberine is another one, olive leaf, um, Manuka honey actually um, has some data showing that it kills H. pylori, um, DGL, Matula tea, um, Saccharomyces boulardii, clove essential oil, and bismuth. Those are really probably, I don't know how many I listed, probably around 10. Those are, those are um, the main natural treatment options for this particular pathogen. 
Excellent. And so as far as the bismuth, I know there's a few different types. Is there a specific type that you like to use or just any type in general? To be honest, I don't use bismuth a lot. It does mm -hmm. have data on it, but I feel like some of the other treatment options have better data. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to always kind of give a, a comprehensive list, but that's actually not one that I use in, I don't, I don't know that I've ever used it on a patient, honestly. Yeah, totally. And we all kind of pick what we align with and what we don't align with. So we go from there as practitioners and we just create our own protocols basically. So um, now right. we've learned a lot about H. pylori. So what it does, um, what kind of, what it is and all kinds of other things, the, the treatment. So how can we actually check for H. pylori? Are there specific tests that are accurate? Are there some that are more accurate than others? So tell us about the testing. Okay. Great question. So there are about three different tests. So first is a blood test that you could have done that tests for the antibodies to H. pylori. So I don't think it's as helpful because basically it tells us you either are currently infected or have been in the past. So it's not necessarily, it could be, could be more of a chronic infection, could be again that you were infected and cleared it or that you have an active infection. So um, I think most people don't do the blood test, um, you know, most practitioners. Um, there's a breath test and I know some people do, um, utilize the breath test. So this test actually measures the amount of carbon dioxide that you exhale. And so by doing that, um, it indicates the presence of H pylori in your stomach, because what happens is H pylori produces an enzyme that I mentioned earlier called urease, which breaks down urea into ammonia and carbon dioxide. So based on you know, having the H pylori there and converting the urea to ammonia and carbon dioxide, you do this breath test to see if there is carbon dioxide. If that, does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. So that's the breath test. Um, and then the last test, the one that I prefer um, that I utilize is the GI map stool test. I mean, there are other stool tests on the market. I like this one because I have found it to be the most comprehensive, the most sensitive and specific. Um, and what it does is it it's a, a stool test that looks uh, for antigens to H. pylori in your stool. So it relies on this um, technology called qPCR, and that just stands for quantitative polymerase chain reaction technology. So all that means is that we are basically looking at the DNA of the different organisms that it tests for, H. pylori being one. Um, and the, the other reason that I love the GI map test is, you know, it's one thing just to say, okay, well, I tested you and you have H. pylori. Okay, well, we can do, you know, we can create a protocol to eradicate that. But there is almost always, I mean, I, I hate to ever say in medicine 100%, but let's say 99.9% .9 of right. the time, <laughs> there are other issues that need to be addressed. So, you know, you're looking at um, other things like maybe there are additional pathogens because here's another thing that we should understand about H. pylori because it lowers stomach acid that kind of makes you a prime target for other organisms to sort of when you are exposed to them to grow and multiply because if we have good levels of stomach acid, our gut health is good, gut lining is healthy then when we come in contact with pathogens, which we do all day, every day, 
you know, and we, let's say we have something on our hands, we, you know, we swallow that or something on food, we swallow that, then the level of stomach acid and the healthiness of the gut should destroy those pathogens. So when you don't have that working for you, again, you're kind of a prime target. So all that to say, most people that have H. pylori, they have other pathogens too. Um, they have often dysbiosis, which is just an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. There may be some inflammation, a weak immune system, um, not enough digestive enzymes, not digesting fat properly. So by doing this stool test, the GI map, we actually get to look at all of those markers. And so then we can really put together a more complete and comprehensive protocol that addresses everything. We're not just picking out this one you know, issue or, or pathogen, we're really looking at everything as a whole, which is what functional or holistic medicine is, which is, you know, what we want, getting to the root cause and looking at the body um, as a whole and, you know, everything that's going on as a whole. Definitely. And I always say, cause people always ask me, well, what's going to fix me. And I usually say it's never one thing. And it's very, very likely that it's not one root cause it's various root causes. And like you said, most people have other gut infections going on. So off the top of my head, I had a question for you. So me particularly, I have more of a top down approach where I start at the brain and work my way down. So with H. pylori, having it higher up in the digestive system, would you say that would be a priority over like dysbiosis, for example, which is lower down? Mm -hmm. In terms of if we were treating that? Yeah. So if you were okay. to treat, would you treat one first or would you treat them at the same time? Gotcha. That's a great question. So in terms of if we're treating different pathogens, so let's just say the most common pathogens that we see on a stool test are H. pylori, certain parasites, and candida. Like those are really the top three. Um, so I always address the H. pylori first. Now, in terms of the dysbiosis, so when we look at dysbiosis, we're looking at the normal flora, right? We want that to be in a good balance. And then we're also looking at some of the opportunistic bacteria. So I will take the approach that, you know, we'll start with, you know, trying to kill off the H. pylori, but we're also going to be restoring some of that normal flora along the way. So mm. some people do take a different approach and just, you know, um, target one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to target a couple of things at a time and stage the treatment. So that's excellent. And, and, yeah. and the flora is one that I go ahead and because we know that, you know, think of your gut as like a parking lot and there are only so many spaces. And so we want to add the good bacteria to sort of crowd out the bad, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And I love that idea there while we're addressing one thing and kind of eradicating, we're also replenishing. So it really mm -hmm. depends on the, the client too, as you know, patient for you. And I think everyone is so different and just having that education as a practitioner, knowing how to address this person compared to another. So that's a really great um, piece of knowledge you gave us there. So 
Thank you for sharing all of this. I think it was pretty brief, but you gave us so much information packed in one. And it's really helpful for people with gut issues, especially those with reflux, gastritis, ulcers. H. pylori is definitely something to look into and even for general gut issues. So thanks again, Julie. So tell the audience where they can find you and if you have any announcements to share. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me. This was, again, I could talk about this all day, but I think it's great that you, that we've tried to keep it a little concise because I know how hard it is to actually sit down and listen to, you know, a a podcast or anything for any length of time. So I think that's great. Um, So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Julie Ann Wellness. It's Julie A-N-N. There's no E on it. Julie Ann Wellness. Um, That's also my website. It's um, JulieAnnWellness.com. I have a podcast that I co-host with my sister, who is a pharmacist, as you uh, mentioned, Riley. It's called Take the Upgrade. Um, and then I do have a free ebook um, that you can go if you want to join my email list. I send out one email um, per week. Um, you can join that from my website. And I did actually just put up a um, a new guide that I created. Um, it's called Your Guide to Eliminating Gluten. So gluten is like a leading cause of leaky gut. And um, during when I work with a client, I do ask them to go gluten-free while we're healing the gut. Mm -hmm. And so I find that people often find that sort of daunting or overwhelming. And so this is just a guide that I put together that has recipes and um, favorite brands and um, things like that. So that is on there as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Everyone listen to Julie's podcast. It's really amazing. She even teaches me a lot of things (laughs) as a fellow gut expert, of course. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. And I think that was very helpful. I'd love to have you on here maybe again someday. Absolutely. You just (laughs) let me know. We could, we could talk forever. So absolutely. Definitely. Well, thank you, Julie. Take care. Hey there, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Gut Expert Riley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, same spelling as this podcast, on YouTube at The Gut Pharmacist, and my website is holisticriley.podia.com, where you can find information on working with me, my background, and more helpful information to feel empowered in your journey.